Hello, and welcome back to another edition of The Substandard, brought to you by Casper Mattresses. I'm Victor Mattis, along with Sonny Bunch and Jonathan V. Last. I'd like to remind you that The Substandard is available on iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. Just look on a podcast and search for Substandard. You'll easily find us. Please subscribe, tell your friends, leave a review. In addition, we'd also like to remind you that Substandard show notes posted by Jonathan Last are often available on Fridays at 11 a.m. at weeklystandard.com. And please turn up the volume. Maybe. Yeah, you're you're shouting really into the shouting microphone. The I mean, honestly, this I is... I have to. We have no idea. Guys, I, we're just going to apologize. This is sunny, in case you can't hear me, because uh, the, the volume is low. We have no idea what's going on with our... Uh, with our audio equipment this morning, uh, and if you can't hear this, well, uh, sorry. We've, this may be the last show. We've, we're we're we've, just we've Vic been and here I, for Vic hours. Vic and I have been here for an hour waiting for this goddamn s <laughs> to get going. So I don't. It's I don't, driving I don't me crazy. Is what, it worth it? No. Okay. I don't know. So this is this is how it is, I guess. So um, no micro. No, we're no. Not this doing is it. Micro. This is the main. What are you talking about, Jonathan? It's Thursday. Okay. How are we? Other than that, JVL. I just completed this weekend my first solo flight with all four kids. Oh, flight. And what we where were was, you guys going? We stayed home. I just meant that I was without my wife. Oh, yes. <laughs> you, not an actual. You didn't actually go on, on an airplane with all four. <laughs> that's what, that's what I thought when he yeah, first no, said I, it. I, that's a, hours in the cockpit. All right, all right. this is my first one without the instructor. Sitting in the seat next to me to make sure mm-hmm. that I didn't crash the plane, mm-hmm. and uh, we went back to the Lego store. Oh boy! Oh, oh! oh. So I didn't do it. I, <laughs> I didn't kept buy teasing the... that I was going to get the Ultimate Home Record Edition of Millennium Falcon. Uh, I did spend a few hundred dollars on Legos because, oh. for me, Legos are babysitting. Oh, and so the equation that you need to keep in mind is pretty simple. Uh, the math goes something like this. Legos retail for roughly $0.10 cents a piece. Mm-hmm. That's about your price average within a, within a set. Mm-hmm. And my kids build at very different rates. So my oldest son does about 125 pieces an hour. My older daughter does about 80 pieces an hour. My younger daughter, much, much lower. She's like, you know, 40 pieces an hour. And so when you do the, all the math here, what Rick do you do? Basically, I keep the baby from eating any of the pieces and dying. No, no, no. I'm saying what is your what is your hour? <laughs> rate. Hourly What's rate? your rate? I don't know. I haven't built a Lego set of my own in forty years. Like thirty years. No, that's true. no, I don't, I don't thirty know. hours maybe. Right. So uh so essentially I looked at it this way that I was gonna get about thirty dollars an hour of babysitting from the Lego store. And I was left on my own for sixty hours. And you can do the math. That is a way to quantify Thank God it. for the Danes. Sonny, how are you? Great. Uh, Tom Petty's dead. That, that, was, that uh, would have been know, an interesting micro episode. Yeah, if we had done that, that would have been uh, sad to talk about. Uh, Were you a yeah. Tom Petty fan? I was a Tom Petty fan. I mean, I'm not like a huge... I'm, I'm, Tom Petty is like kind of the, the, the background noise of classic rock radio, which is like... Makes him one of the ten greatest musicians to ever have ever lived. Take that, Mozart, <laughs> Piker. Uh, uh, you call him classic rock? Yes, Tom Petty is definitely classic rock. By the time I was listening to rock and roll music 
on rock and roll radio stations, he was classic rock. See, I wouldn't think of anything done in the eighties as classic rock. But this is we we had this argument no, when you were gone. We had this argument when you were gone with Michael with Michael Warren while he was wearing your headphones. Not these headphones. And but like classic rock is just a period of time. It is not a genre. It is it is music that is a certain number of years old that classifies as rock and roll music. One of these days. Uh, Fallout Boy is going to be classic rock, <laughs> and you're going to want to put a gun right in your mouth and pull the trigger. People so, will be listening to Nickelback 40 years from now. It's classic rock. Well, Nickel, Nickelback, Nickel, sitting rocking out to it. Nickelback actually makes sense as classic rock because it's kind of your basic like guitar, bass, drum, singer structure. I mean, it is actual like classic rock in the idea of what classic <laughs> rock should be. Uh, I would yeah. say that Fallout Boy is a much more controversial choice to be on. Uh, uh, the Arrow 94.7. Yes. You remember the Arrow 94.2? That doesn't exist anymore. Now it's a... WHFS doesn't exist anymore either. Everything doesn't exist anymore because we're old and we're one, canceling this dumb show. One, and one Eric, day... Friggin' dumb. I know. So it's like... Any, if anyone hears us right <laughs> so anyway, now, it's actually no one can hear yeah, anything so Tom, we're saying. So Tom Petty crazy. is dead and I'm sad. Uh, yeah. and the show will be dead and I'll be happy and then we'll be... We'll get on with our, all our of our lives. lives. Do other things. Vic, how was your weekend? Uh, it, was fi- it was fine. Uh, I was going to say with... A regard to Tom Petty, can you think of two movies that come to mind that had Tom Petty music? I can think of only two. Fast Times. Oh, that's three. A, I think there's Who American Girl. Jerry Maguire, very good, which was Free Fallen, and I'll tell you the other one. Silence of the Lambs. The senator's daughter is driving, and she's listening and singing and rocking out to American Girl that's great. right so before she goes into the van. Tom Petty stars in... The postman. Costner postman. Yeah. Oh. But also King of the Hill. He was the oh, yes. he was like the yes, he basically was. as himself. Yes. He yeah. is Tom That's great. Petty in the post apocalypse, yeah. yeah. which is yeah, yeah. which yeah. is great. Yeah. Yeah. Also a great video, actually, into the Great Wide Open. Do you remember the video? And is you that remember the one with Johnny Depp? Exactly. Johnny yeah. Depp and uh the manager which is, is like in nineteen eighty. 91. Uh, oh, wow. Is that that late? Yes. Oh. Yes. So they were, apparently they were on location doing a movie out in Arizona and then they were on hiatus. And so while that was happening, they agreed to do this uh, video uh, and it was um, Johnny Depp and the manager or the woman who becomes his manager is Faye Dunaway. And uh, the girlfriend was one of my favorites from back in the day, still is, Gabrielle Anwar. Do you remember her from Scent of a Woman? She does the dance. She's tiny. She's tiny. You like the small ones. <laughs> I'm not making a Colonel so Boogie Nights joke. I'm not making so that. Small. I'm just saying she's very <laughs> small, but she was adorable. I have no idea how she looks like now, but she was great back she then. She was on the USA show. She was a co-star of uh, yes. a spy show. Yeah. Burn Notice. She was oh. terrible. Oh. I would say she did not... <laughs> Did not age well. No, as an the, I think the oh, she's still lovely to look at. She's a okay, very attractive but woman. she's not saying, acting as well. She's as, anyone, fine by anyone, me. Has anyone been ruined by money? Has any actor been ruined <laughs> by money more than Johnny Depp? <laughs> oh, that's interesting because you know, I, I mean, watch that video. He's Brando. great. He looks great. Brando, no, but I, like Brando is the other one. It, I mean, it it really is like and he, no coincidence. I mean, they both weren't they together in uh, in that movie together? Oh, Don Juan DeMarco. Oh, Don Juan DeMarco. They are. They were together. Yeah, that's right. They dance. Uh, Marlon Brando danced in a movie. Actually, the woman just danced around him because he. <laughs> they go he just kind of stood there. With he his just arm stood up. there. Yes, yes. He just stood there. Uh, here's another great little trivia in that video. 
um, for Into the Great Wide Open. In the end, he goes back to the tattoo parlor, but there's another young guy, like the up-and-coming guy, going to be the new rock star getting his tattoo, and that guy was Matt LeBlanc. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, the things you do when you're watching videos in the morning yeah. at work. Okay. Um, we work really hard. Very sad uh, uh, about uh, Tom Petty. He, Tom Petty, who was dead and then not dead and then dead and again. And dead again. I believe hours. there were... That means there are only two traveling Wilburys left. Oh. But I won't mention them by name because I don't want to curse Please them. Please don't. Please people love Bob Dylan, so I'm not going to... Or Jeff Lynn. People, people love him, so I'm not going to say it. Thank you, Pastor. Okay. My weekend was... Uh, my weekend, my, uh, my Vic, weekend how was, was your fine. weekend, Vic? Week and weekend was good. How was your week? Uh, as we took in a lovely baseball game don't on Sunday. Don't talk about it there. Don't oh, do it. <laughs> we had like a special, real, genuine only together. Don't ruin it wait by a second. making it into wait, hashtag wait, wait, wait. content. Wait, 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 wait. You guys were together? Uh-huh. Outside of this Outside room. of the studio. And, it was and so you, talked, you talked to each other. For about hours. So for you hours. Didn't, you didn't save it for the show? No. You didn't invite me. I don't even want to talk about it. It was only for people you with didn't baseball age children. Yes. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. When Katie's a little bit older and she's in a fantasy league and doesn't <laughs> care about sports, Katie, then she can come. Katie, Katie said to me, Daddy, watch baseball? Uh, to me the no. other day. She doesn't like football. She prefers baseball. And did you tell she's her? She's an American. We don't watch She's an it. American girl. We only care about the, the fantasy sports. Well, I told her I told her that like we could watch my fantasy stat tracker uh, at yahoo.com. And just, watch that uh, yeah, just watch I mean, that. You don't want to watch the games. We'll watch like, the stat tracker. I'll turn on yeah. Sesame Street. You can watch Elmo and then also mm-hmm. keep an eye on your fantasy stat tracker because that's really all that matters can at you this point. Can you have an app where you run the fantasy stat tracker uh, as the, the, the Under, as like the crawl, the crawl under, underneath mm-hmm. Elmo? And you know what you have just come up with is a billion-dollar idea. Personalized crawls on TV for your fantasy teams. Yeah. Sonny, when you, yeah, I have a question ahead, for please. Sonny. Serious question. Okay. How old will Katie be when you feel comfortable introducing her to the concepts of gambling? Like four? How, how old? Well, I, I, I've never had a child before, so I don't know. But how old are children when they understand like the concept of money? Yeah, I don't know. Is that like on, three It all depends four? on what you, when, how you raise them. You, you choose. Uh, You're the parent. You are the godlike figure in her life. Mm. So how old are you going to be before you start turning her to a degenerate gambler with you? I'm not a degenerate gambler. I no. really only gamble. No, this is a You d- only care about sports except to the extent that they <laughs> pay off for you. You know, if, if Sunday's not... I a- don't even really care about the money is the thing. I just want to win. I just want to win. It, it's not even the money. It's just the juice. The action, the action is, is the, the juice. Action is the juice. No, if, you know, if Sonny's not a degenerate gambler, then I'm not a degenerate gambler either. By the way, my son, I explained to my son how craps works. He yeah. says, you said You're craps. You're a much more degenerate <laughs> and I said, gambler than I. And I said, I, you can, you can oh, say craps. Yeah. We're really up in the red now all of a sudden. No, well, we're not. Uh, we're, it's, uh, we're watch. Nobody can. Nobody can hear us. It doesn't matter. This episode is never actually. Yeah. Air. No. It's great. No. 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 Uh, Michael had a. Uh, this. This is. This is actually the episode that doesn't air. Uh, uh, in math class, they were doing probability or something about how many times will this number show up, and I said this Ooh. is a great way, a great segue to explain. Well, what number is going to come up? You think more often, seven or twelve? You know, and then you know, with two dice, uh, and so I explained that, and he figured it out. And Did same you thing. Roll a little bit I said, oh yeah, well. Yeah, they were like, you know, Clara. So is Clara is hoping that twelve comes up, and it's so. I said, ah, oh, Clara's going for horn bets, thirty to one. Did you explain now? You have to back up the <laughs> Oh, you got. You got. Otherwise, what's the point? What's the point? What's the point? What's the point? The good news is, I actually won this week's uh, NFL pool. Uh, I picked twelve out of sixteen right. 
Insanely, including Philly. How many did and, I get right? I didn't. Even I don't know how many you got right. I did my own tabulation. I had. I had bet. Uh, I'm not sure. Uh, it's enough that uh, when I take the kids out for pizza, I might just get calamari, an appetizer or something. Very exciting. Uh, the uh, uh, the last game that I had uh, bet on that uh, was make or break for me was last uh, <clears throat> uh, Monday night's game. Oh, the Monday night. The Monday night game of Redskins versus Kansas City. The um, uh, Kansas City won. They were supposed to win by seven. I picked Kansas City. The spread was seven is what he... He's yes. such a degenerate game. <laughs> he doesn't even actually understand how to talk about They were supposed to win by, by seven. seven. You know what I mean. That's what they're supposed to win by. And they were winning by three uh, with four seconds left. And then the Redskins did the silly, you know, laterals. Hey, let's try to get the ball. And then the Kansas City guy picked up the ball, ran in for a touchdown, up by nine. The, that, that is the worst bad beat. It is the worst, is it no, but ever? that was a good beat for you. It was, you. was great for me. You, but but awful. Oh, that, yeah. Because that, it, it, actually, it, it actually decided the over and under as well with that last four <laughs> seconds. Some people were totally destroyed at that. Anyway. Yeah, the NFL has no gambling problems going on with that. You look at those sorts of things, you think, yep, this league is on the up and up. Well, you know. None of these players know what the score is. It doesn't matter because none of them are going to remember it when they're called to testify in front of Congress. So what difference does it make? Brain damage. That's what I'm joking about. It's well, no one's going to hear this. This episode, is an ugly. Anyway. This is an ugly substandard episode. This is an ugly, <laughs> really filled. See, what episode. people don't understand is you have been sitting in the studio drinking for an hour before we. Yeah. Yes, on the that's right. Actually, true. Usually, I'm a very happy out. drunk, yeah. but this now is, I'm this is just. Not, it's, uh, I yeah. can't, that is not true. I have never been around you when you were drunk and you were happy. Oh, I have. Uh, he smiles usually, more when he's drunk. I'm usually mm. actually a very very yeah. happy drunk. No, this is touchy feely. It's true. It's true. Yeah. Uh, anyway, Kurt Dangler over here. Okay, I I, really I, I, I had you know it's what more wrestling humor. But this I'm is really when he gets it. yes, totally. Uh, I had a segue and now it's gone. I was going to say I won game over. And speaking of game over, Monty Hall died last week. <laughs> no one's listening to this. I don't understand. I'm telling you, this. I don't no understand one... this reference. Okay, so. so Monty Hall. You guys are really going to have to carry this. Yes, Monty Hall died last week from the host of there. Let's Make a Deal. And you <laughs> is that me on mute or you on mute? That's you on mute. Are you me sure about mute. that? You can't, you can't hear me. Can I you? hope so. I can. I can still so hear you. That's true. Um, Monty Hall died last week at the age of ninety six. He was the uh, host of Let's Make a Deal. Uh, I'm shocked he was still alive. It's surprising. It's surprising. Uh, JVL, were you? Uh, are you, I imagine not now, obviously, because we're too busy. But growing up, were you a game show person at all? Did you like watching game shows as, as a kid? As a young child, I would carry a blank. Three by five index card with me, and I would keep it in my pocket. And when I was dragged around to go shopping, I would walk up to whatever it was—produce, a jacket, whatever—and I would pull the card out and I would say, "The actual retail price is," because I was so into the price. Did you price. really? I was. Did you really? That's impressive. This was like really, really into oh, game cool. shows as a kid, and uh, as were you. Oh yeah. I believe. Oh, I was a game and show freak. I have to say, I don't know. Why? But I always had, and this is just like pure class consciousness. I hated "Let's Make a Deal." I thought of that I, as the married with children style <laughs> lowest common denominator. Or is that sort to debase yourself kind of a thing? Or, yes, yeah. I did not think of that as a high class game show like The Price Is Right. Can I? I thought of that as a garbage game show for people on welfare. Yes, Sonny. Can I ask a question? Because I, I never, I, I will be honest. I don't think I actually knew. 
that this was a real television game show until I was like 25 or something like that. I always thought it was like kind of a joke, like uh, like a like I'll buy that for a dollar, like RoboCop or whatever. Like I thought it was like a joke <laughs> TV show, but like based can, on. Yeah. And then I turned it on one day and I saw people in costumes. Yes. Yeah, you could dress you up in the people, audience. People, toilet plungers people, on their heads. People in costumes going yeah. up to doors <laughs> and getting crap. Let's and see I, what's behind door number and three. I, and yeah. I, in my mind, was literally blown. I was just like, well, not. Literally, and it was figuratively. Like, <laughs> but it was, it was, I was car, like, we'll take door number no, three, I, and there's a toilet. Right, no, but yes, I, I yes. just, I, I couldn't, I could not believe that this was a real thing. I like had thought for so long that it was fake, that it was like a, also, it was a joke. Big box or small box? You got to choose a small box. Right, it's always like small boxes. This that ticket to Hawaii. So what big was, box. Could, could you explain yeah. to me what the point of this show was? Just uh, explain uh, to me the rules of the game. The rules of the game. I forget. I could, how you I could barely remember. On stage, but once you were up on stage, you were presented with a series of deals. So you know, Monty Hall would give you item X, and that was your prize. Or he would offer you something else, and the else was always something that was right. Yeah, about right. Is there something I better or worse? Skill. I think so. You wouldn't know. You would so have to go through a door. door number, right, so mm -hmm. things would be hiding behind the doors. You could yeah. take this box of Purina Cachow, or we could see what was behind door number two. It was not my favorite game show either. But I mean, like, if I chose, like, if, there were other, if, if, I, if I if I could watch, if I could watch Mikhail's Navy, kid, I, I, you would never watch. <laughs> that's not my kind. No, 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 no. What was your favorite um, game within the game of Price is Right, JBL? If you could play any of them, what would it be? I I love so many of them. Yeah. I really dug, and this, is, of course, there's no real reason for. This. I liked Plinko. Well, everyone's yeah. favorite game is Plinko because of the sound. Yes, yes, yes. yes. Mine would immediately. Anyone can play Plinko. <laughs> Mine would take an immediate detour, extremely to like the right and then gone. You know, it would just you know I could never make it through. I was wait, I was I'm most sorry. fascinated. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> just, are, you, are you imagining yes. like how it would go for yeah. you in your I'm head right now? You're like I picture you're like, probability, I drop it, and chaos it goes theory, straight to the yes, chaos theory. Um, All right, Ian uh, Thank you very much. Uh, I loved watching Cliffhanger, the Yodeler, go up. Yes, it's a complicated oh, game, though. Yeah, it's, it's a hard game to win, right? Lovely. That's exactly the song. That was fantastic. Punch and most out. people were always Punch Out. Was Remember good? Punch Out? Uh, yeah, Punch Out. You had to get the three parts of the car. <laughs> oh right, yes, that's, okay. that's right. That's right. That's right. And uh, and the other one is if you made it like near the end was the giant wheel. The wheel, the huge wheel. Did you imagine? I always imagined that was extremely heavy. Yeah, well, Didn't you imagine? I mean, it looked and, extremely and heavy. I always right. wanted to go up to it and just spin it as hard as yeah, I could to yeah. see how long it would go yeah, for. Yeah, right, absolutely. It always amazed me. I, you would watch and you'd think, God, I think you can spin faster than that, can't you? Because you'd want, I mean, the urge to just pull it down, you know, was just that and the sort of a thing. bangles in it. The show, there was a great piece a couple of years ago, I'll put this in the show notes, about a guy who hacked the prices right. Oh yeah. yeah! Did you, did you remember yeah. this? He got the he got the fun, the showcase showdown well, perfect, he, right? And he would go into the audience then and would like signal people from the audience just as a because he would come to prices right all the time and he had everything memorized and which is it was great. And it was essentially banned like mm -hmm. like, like a card counter. Wow! Prices right. That's so impressive. Awesome. That's so impressive. There are two other things I thought you could, uh, for for show notes. One of them is the uh, prices right. A moment where the woman comes down and her top comes off. That's a good one. 
You'll have to send me these. <laughs> yeah, <I know. laughs> they put the, they blur it, and Bob Barker said something like, "He says, now I know you like me, but I didn't think you really liked me,' or something like that." And That's that was very charming. And the other one, of course, JVL was the newlywed game, the infamous newlywed game episode. I don't need you. Don't need. I don't have to get you to bleep it. So I'll just dance around it when Bob Eubanks asks. Where specifically is the weirdest place that you personally, girls, have ever gotten the urge to make whoopee? Like, you know, car, movie, theater, and she picked body part. Oh, I wonder what part she picked. I don't know. I never made it to the end. Anyway. Uh, so um, can, I, can I introduce a little bit of... He's shaking his head. Is he unmuted? I'm unmuted. No, he's unmuted, yeah. A little bit of uh, classifications here. To my mind, there are two types of game show hosts. Okay. All right. The gentleman hosts, like your Pat Sajaks, yeah. Alex Trebek's, Bob Barker's. Yeah. And then there are your sleaze hosts. Your raconteurs. <laughs> Those are my favorite. I don't even wouldn't call Bob them. Eubanks, <laughs> Richard Dawson, and oh. the king of all of them, Monty Hall. Oh, oh. Monty wow. Hall Monty Hall? You really? He, wait, really? He is more of a sleaze bag than Richard Dawson? I thought of him as his persona. Well, look, I'm not passing judgment on what's his it? life. So look, I'm 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 just I guess his, his game show persona. So I, I I guess I say this Killian? as somebody who literally never who literally never watched the dumb show and have no idea what he was like as a as a as a host. But like I uh, my my enduring image of Richard Dawson is like groping women on stage and no he like just kissed all the kissing, ladies he kissing kissed them every on woman the face he kissed every woman on Family Especially Feud ones too. oh he loved them kissed fan and on Family Feud and uh, but he remembered he was also panelist a, uh, a longtime panelist for Match Game which is my other favorite uh, game show you know my wife likes to take bleep in her bleep and then you have to put the bleep in and a blank I'm sorry blank I'm, that's I'm my kind of game show pay cash money <laughs> To go back in a time machine mm -hmm. and have you and Kate <laughs> together on match. Oh, game. to do to do match game is Just great. To be, opposite each other. Yeah, let's see if we can YouTube get get the game. same sort of try to see if we can get the same answers. She'd have to think what my answers were. That's very newlywed like. But no, um, so there. Yeah, go ahead. Can I go get ahead. from you guys a top three ranking of either game shows mm -hmm. or game show hosts? Sure. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, sure. Number one, Family Feud. Specifically, uh, the Steve Harvey feud. Oh! because I love, I love how, I love how, uh, kind of deject. There's a, there's a fantastic video. I'll send it to you for show notes, JBL, of him, like, kind of uh, experiencing. Oh, he does a whole thing on we as, yeah. as it. But anyway, it's, it's like a, it's a. Anyway, it's fantastic. Uh, number two is press your luck. I love it. I just love it. There's like yes. the guy, no whammy, no whammy, no whammy, no whammy. Stop. There's, there's the guy who hacked that. And there's that. the guy who hacked that and like went on a multi-month <laughs> winning streak. Yeah. Dollars. Uh, I saw that in like as you watch that in broadcast. real time. In real time, yeah. I caught like three quarters of the way through. Right. I didn't get to the end of it. Do you know how many whammy animations there were? <laughs> I don't know. 85. Wow, that's impressive. A lot of what I love what made mm -hmm. that game show work for me was the whammy's voice. We got all your money. <laughs> You don't remember Barely. the Whammy's Barely. voice? Barely. Uh, you play, you try to play at home, though, and, like, if I did it right now, what would it be? You know, that's the thing. Okay, go ahead, son. And number three, Jeopardy. This yeah. The smart, Jeopardy's the smart great. game. Jeopardy's great. Jeopardy's great. Victorino? Uh, hosts. hosts. I'll do hosts. Uh, I know where you're going. Okay. <laughs> number, I know. Uh, number three. If you and I were on Match Game. Yeah, I know. Number three, I'll say, you know, um, uh, Wink Martindale. Wink. I love Wink Martindale. He was actually a radio... 
uh, DJ and a good friend of Elvis Presley's. And it didn't occur to me until years later that even then he had a hairpiece on. Uh, and his wardrobe by Botany 500. Tic Tac, you like that? Tic Tac Doe, by the way, was like it was like the it was like the game for imbeciles, you know, that because was, it's like you no, 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 okay, sharks. He, yes, okay, oh, yes, I'm not going down. You're rather going up or down. You're rather going up or down. <laughs> the game for idiots. <laughs> Either way, what are you going to do? Don't even have to be able to no. read oh, every card. No, no pictures, <laughs> numbers. Every once in a while, I see like a replay of card sharks, <laughs> and I'm like. This is literally for retarded yeah. people. No. This is, the this is... the uh, tic-tac-toe would be like, okay, and the question is, he was our first president of the United States. We'll let you think about it. Wah, wah. And then the other thing was when you had to pick the dragon. Don't pick the dragon. The dragon. You I tried, forgot about you the aimed, dragon. You, you it was were, like an 8-bit character. It was like an 8-bit character, and it Wait, was usually t- number 5. Is Tic-Tac-Toe uh. like a dumber version of Hollywood Squares? I don't... Uh, what was... No, what there's was, more based... It was. You're not dealing with celebrities at all, though. It's just asking you straightforward questions. Huh. And, then you, and then if you get through that round of trivia, then you have to pick... Uh, you have to get to $1,000... Based on nine television screens, and one of them, you have to pick numbers, get a ticker attack, get to a thousand dollars, and avoid the dragon. I, I, I don't want to sound like a child. Yeah, like a knife. Mm-hmm. Do we think that bonus round with the dragon was on was the up fixed? I don't like, know. I mean, they just, do they like, ever switch where the dragon's well, no, going mean, to be? I don't know. Was the dragon really pre-programmed into one slot and one slot only? It's a great the question. Producers just yeah, give him the dragon. Yeah. Now. Oh, she's really cute. Let's you know. Let's look. We want her to get nine boxes yeah, oh, first before right, she gets to the right, ten right, boxes, right. and then we'll give her the dragon. Right, right. Do we think that was on? I mean, I have how, no how idea. Much, how much certification was going on in this stuff post uh, post quiz show in twenty one or whatever? Yeah. No idea. I have no idea. Um, so that's number three. Number two, Richard Dawson. I like that sort of sleaziness. It's right up my alley. And uh, <laughs> and one, Gene Rayburn, Match Game. I love the skinny mic he would have. And you know it's very oh, hard. Skinny mic. And you're and, and you're the way they hold it like this. With yes. Like four fingers. Very good. Out. Like That's you right. Never around your fist. The skinny mic is always held four fingers. And out. it's a, what's a hard job is you're dealing with ridiculous personalities as your guests on the panel. There's like six guests: Charles Nelson Riley, you know, Brett <laughs> Summers, Brett Summers, who was you know Rip married, yeah, you know those type of people. Uh, and uh, showcase showdown: <laughs> Charles Nelson Riley mm-hmm. or Rip Torn. Pick one. Charles Nelson Riley. Sonny. I, I have no <laughs> strong feelings either way. Wasn't frankly. there a documentary about Charles Nelson? Right? Yes, there was. There's also a great uh, episode clip on YouTube of uh, Match Game with Gene Rayburn. And all of a sudden, who walks on the set? Carol Burnett, Tim Conway, and, uh, you know, the woman from uh, Mama's Family. Uh, I forget her name already. Um, and they walk on, surprise everybody. Carol Burnett, they, all, they, they, they go crazy. And, uh, and Jim Neighbors. And they go crazy, and because you know they're filming Carol Burnett show next door, right. again the studio's there, and they just decided to walk on the set in the middle of the taping. All coked out of their minds. People I'm went sure. crazy, and of course Richard Dawson has to jump out and be the show and kiss Carol. You know, it's a whole thing because he's got to be the center. Not that I spend much time obsessing about these things, but that's all I have for you. That's great. Okay. Vic good Mattis, show, Vic good Mattis show. of course, <laughs> missed his calling as a game show host. You would have been. You would have loved. I would have loved. Star on the Walk yeah. of Fame. I mean, honestly, you would have been Thank one you. of the greats. Thank you. You would have been. You. We could Thank maybe you. still make that happen. I'm well, good. In the Please. in this in this internet video age, use your connections, as they say. Use I don't have any. You, you have tons. JVL, did you give us your ranking already or no? No, I don't really. I don't have a ranking. This was perfect. What? Okay. No, you guys did. You guys did. Like, I can't improve on what you boys just did. 
Also, no one's going to hear this. Yeah, yes. it doesn't matter. So that's some, that, which means I'm just going to jump to the next topic. Now, over the weekend, Stephen King's It battled it out with American Maid, and Kingsman: The Golden Circle for the top spot at the box office. I think it edged ahead. It edged ahead with 17.3 million, and American Maid and Kingsman did about 17 million. So it's pretty close. Uh, but not in this battle, ironically, is Battle of the Sexes. Well, I think it's still limited, so I, I, I don't think it's really 3, in the, theaters. Yeah. I saw that. Uh, oh, it's on. It's in three thousand screens. That's what I saw in box oh, office wow. mojo. Uh, it did three point cool. four million. Sunny, you saw it. What did you think? I uh, I can't believe anyone is taking this movie seriously. I literally cannot believe it. I I you know it it made the festival rounds and it was it was getting relatively solid notices. I think it's eighty five percent fresh on Rotten Tomatoes or something. And it is it is a goddamn travesty. I mean it is like uh it is like a, a ABC after school. Sp- it is shot with all the care and love of an ABC after school special. Mm. Like you know the camera's always pushing in on the important moments and it's kind of gauzy and it's got this great message about you know how sex and freedom are laying it like it is so it's it's the story of Billie Jean King versus Bobby Riggs uh and it is like it it, I I feel weird complaining about it being anticlimactic since you know we all know what the, the the score was going in but it is still weirdly anticlimactic it is like totally uninteresting it is totally dramatically inert it is filled with these cartoon characters, including Bobby Riggs. Steve Carell plays him as this kind of, like, man-child who can never grow up, which is, like, not untrue to the Riggs uh, of real life, but is also, like, a very uninteresting way to play him. And there was a more interesting way to do that. I think we can... I think we're going to talk about that more a little bit later. Um, But it is, is, once again, it is just this... It's a movie that is, like, totally... uh, totally uninteresting and 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 boringly shot and like kind of hamily acted and I am the only reason anyone is claiming to like this movie is because it has a very important message about female empowerment. I mean I really it really feels like a parody of like these kind of woke you know, let's let's do it, ladies. Type. I was about movies. to it's say like woke. I'm totally, I was about to say woke. I'm I'm like I cannot. Usually, film critics are a little bit better about sniffing this sort of thing out and putting it in like the fifty. They are, they are, they are. They're better than this, and they're you. A movie like this would usually be in the fifty to sixty range, and I don't know how it has slipped through the 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 cracks to to be as as well received as it has been because it's bad. Don't go see it. Wow. Uh, did you <laughs> fall asleep during it, Sonny? I did not. I did not fall asleep during it. Did you? Maybe if you had been comfortable in the theater, the theater, you might have fallen asleep. You know what I like to sleep on, Sonny? Mm. Casper is a sleep brand that created an outrageously comfortable mattress sold directly to consumers, eliminating commission-driven inflated prices. Its award-winning sleep service, sleep surface... Oh boy. Was developed in-house, has a sleek design, and is delivered in a small, how-did-they-do-that-sized box. In addition to the mattress, Casper also offers an adaptive pillow and soft, breathable sheets. The mattress industry has forced consumers into paying notoriously high markups. Casper is revolutionizing the mattress industry by cutting the cost of dealing with resellers and showrooms and passing that savings directly to you, the consumer. As an in-house team of engineers spent thousands of hours developing Casper, it combines supportive memory foams for a sleep surface that's got just the right sink, 
just the right bounce. Plus, its breathable sleep design cools you to help regulate your temperature through the night. Buying a Casper mattress is completely risk-free. Casper offers free delivery and free returns with a 100-night home trial. If you don't love it, they'll pick it up and refund you everything. Casper understands the importance of truly sleeping on a mattress before you commit, especially considering you're going to spend a third of your life on it. Look, the Casper is an obsessively engineered mattress offered at a shockingly fair price. The product design features a marriage between the foam layers to give you an ideal firmness. It's got just the right amount of sink and just the right amount of bounce. It's affordable because Casper sells it directly to you. It's got free shipping and free returns to both the U.S. and Canada. 100 nights trial with free no-hassle returns if you're not happy. They've got 20,000 reviews and an average of 4.8 stars, and it is quickly becoming the Internet's favorite mattress. Casper is designed, developed, and assembled right here in the good old U.S. of A. Now, you can get $50 toward any mattress purchase by visiting casper.com substandard and using the promo code substandard at checkout. That's casper.com substandard and use the promo code substandard at checkout. For $50 off. Terms and conditions may apply. Nicely said, JVL. Yeah. Nicely said. Good transition. Uh, I'm trying I to be encouraging. You got to be encouraging. I think we got to help. JVL, we were talking before about Battle of the Sexes, and the movie left out a key detail, didn't it? Yeah. So this has been a bugaboo of mine. Don Bennata Jr., who is a real-deal investigative reporter, did a piece a few years ago for ESPN The Magazine. And it was, I don't know, 5,000, 8,000 words. And he proved basically definitively that the match was fixed. Bobby Riggs, who was a degenerate gambler, was in deep with the mob. And they leaned on him to go into this match, to do the match, and to throw it so that they could clean up on, on betting, because the line was wildly skewed. Uh, everybody who has can, is connected even a tiny bit with this match today absolutely now accepts the fact that it was fixed. Except for? Except for Billie Jean King. And one of the most embarrassing things I have ever seen, I, as I've said before on the show, I hate Billie Jean King. She is a shrew. In this piece... When Vanetta comes and talks to her, the way she clings to this victory oh, is the most embarrassing thing I have ever seen from a washed-up, broken-down former professional athlete. Oof. And she deserves everybody's scorn mm. for this, the way that she refuses to acknowledge the truth of this. Because, of course, what does it cost her? The name of the freaking National Tennis Center in America is named for her, who is never anything more than a, you know, a very good player. Yeah. We, we've had Pete Sampras, we've had Arthur Abbott, we have all yeah. these great players, but Billie Jean King, because of this stupid match, it, it occupies this exalted position of the tennis yeah. firmament, and it's ridiculous. And it, the fact that this movie doesn't even attempt to engage... So, it is, it, it's fascinating. In the most yeah. important thing, and again, let me to people who don't follow tennis and don't understand tennis, this is not something. This is not something that was a blockbuster. What was a blockbuster was that Vanetta actually went out and found proof and found a bunch of people uh, tied to the mob who were part of this, and they talked to him. For people who follow tennis, 
this always looked fishy. And the reason it looked fishy is because like three months before the match, he had slaughtered Margaret Court. Margaret Court, one of the great tennis yeah. players mm -hmm. of all time. And I believe he beat her one in love. Uh, not quite three, that well. Right? Yeah, it was one like three two and three, something, something like, like that. Two and one. But he just two and one, blew I think, her off yeah. the court. Yeah. And to have that to go, you know, uh, what, 16 yeah. weeks later to get crushed by Billie Jean sets. King, yeah. who could not carry Margaret Court's jock. Yeah. I mean, that's just ridiculous. Yeah. So the, the, the movie does a series of, like, vaguely grotesque things. It, like, turns Margaret Court into this, like, uh, right-wing Christian coalition, like, I hope she loses because she's a lesbian like figure. I mean, it's actually like vaguely grotesque. Really? Uh, oh yeah, yeah. I, you should actually this see is, it. You should actually this, see it. This makes angry JVL want to come out. You should. You <laughs> should actually see it just so you can get angry at this movie. I mean, do people uh, you understand will... that Margaret Court is one of the three greatest women's players ever? Yeah. Like the, the conversation. Not if they've watched is, this. The conversation is Margaret Court, Steffi Graf, Serena Williams. Yeah. That's it. There is no one else even in the discussion. Never to look. I don't think so. I think she's in the discussion. No, she's okay, four. four. She's okay, a solid four. four. Um, but like, but you should you should actually see it just because you will like you might actually throw things at the screen in Hulk the movie theater. Smash. Uh, I like Jennifer Capriati. Uh, I think she's in the top three. Um, but the early, but like for Capriati. Right so back. so there's there's there there not Matthew Perry Jennifer Capriati. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, please, Sonny, continue. Uh, there is so I am I am like slightly less uh, one hundred than one hundred percent sure that that uh, that Bobby Riggs was like in in deep to the bob and threw it on purpose. I like I thought the I, I think the investigative report that JBL talks about is very interesting and it's filled with interviews and sort of things, but it's also kind of based on one or two guys who are like, yeah, that probably happened. I'm like I'm not one hundred percent, but here's the thing: it makes Bobby Riggs a much more interesting character. To have him, instead of being this kind of man-child who is just bored at work and he's bored with his rich wife who is, like, keeping him in luxury and he's, like, playing with his children and stuff. And instead turns turns him into a guy who's looking for an edge to get out of trouble. It, like, would make him a real person in this movie to have him be in hock to the mob and have to... Uh, uh, go out there and figure out a way to get an edge. And there's even a way to do it in the movie. Like, the movie actually talks about his gambling. It talks about how he was, like, hustling guys on courts and, like, would w was, like, trying really hard to get the first match with the court set up because he couldn't get he couldn't get a match with Billie Jean King is how it's kind of framed. Who knows? I, I have no idea how true that is. But, like, um, but the, the so then, so then you have this guy who is, like, going to Gamblers Anonymous, Anonymous meetings as Steve Carell and Steve Carell saying like, you guys don't, you're not addicted to gambling. You're, you're not here because you're, you know, you're, you're sad because you gamble too much. You're here because you're bad gamblers. You're here because you lose. You're here because you don't have an edge. And if the movie had been about him trying to find an edge to become a better gambler, it would have been a million times more interesting. It would have been, a, it just would have been a much more interesting film. And even if, so even if you don't believe even if you don't believe that that Bobby Riggs was on the take, was on the make, was in hock to the mob, and had to do it, as a screenwriter, it is basically malpractice not to use that to make the story better. Because yeah. guess what? True life stories don't have to be true. 
like this is the thing with American Made. Now, American Made is is a story. So, American Made is about uh, good Iran transition. Contra. Good transition into. Thank you. Uh, uh, he it, it stars Tom Cruise as a guy who was you know supposedly spying for the CIA and then running drugs on his own and then sending arms to the Contras and kind of all of this work together with the kind of wink and a nod from the government, except for when they were actually giving him the arms to send to the to the Contras. Uh, and it's all bullshit. It's a it's a, it's a, it's a nonsense story. Kyle Smith has kind of uh, over at National Review has laid out how the ways in which this movie is wrong and is like more or less a slander on uh, 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 Reagan and and the and and H W Bush and those guys. And and fine, like I actually don't care about that because it's a more or less interesting story. It's a more interesting story to have him be uh, the the kind of CIA hatchet mm-hmm. man, bag man, running around, going, dropping things off here, taking them there. It is just it, like it is a more interesting movie, and you know I don't expect it to be true life. I don't expect it to be a well researched biography. This is not a, uh, a document that people should be taking uh, into their you know U.S. history classes and citing as source material. It's just a movie, and. The fact that you have something like that that could have been done with Battle of the Sexes and that they chose not to do it because the more important story here mm-hmm. is the push for women's equality and you can't possibly have him throw the match because then it puts into doubt her all of her successes is so it's so frustrating and so ludicrous that I like I get angry just thinking about it. JBL. It is difficult to overstate how much this match has warped people's conception of tennis. Yes. Because I believe that this is true from my anecdotal conversations. When you talk to casual people, they think that the top women's players are basically just as good as the top men's players. That Serena Williams could compete on the men's tour. Right. That she like, could win. Know, yeah. I mean, look, she wouldn't have won. Like she couldn't you know, beat, you know, Federer. Grand slams, but yeah. she'd probably have 12. Yeah. You know, which brings up the John McEnroe controversy, right, JVL? Yeah, and yeah. which, you know, McEnroe got in a little bit of trouble for saying that Serena couldn't compete. And this is, I have, I don't like Serena. I like Venus quite a lot. I have a great deal of sympathy, however, because Serena and Venus, the tennis establishment has been dying to turn them into victims for their yeah. entire careers. And the two of them have had no interest in participating yeah. in it. And I think they deserve a lot of credit for that. Uh but the truth, the truth is, they can't compete in any way. I mean, if, if Serena or Venus Williams had been on the men's tour, if you gave, they might have been competitive with a top thousand player. Let me let me ask you a question. You, if you gave Serena Williams a number one seed in a like mid level tournament, not not Wimbledon or anything, where she's going to be playing the hundred twenty eighth best player in the world, or whatever. like the Leg Mason one here, yeah, Washington sure. D.C. Do you think she would take a set? I mean, just no. Yeah. Uh, and the game, this is, and she said this to herself this this year. There was somebody was, I forget who it was, was pushing the idea that she and Andy Murray should play each other. And what what, what late night show was it? Was it Colbert? Or one of the late night shows she was on and she was asked about it. And she laughed. She said, if I were to play Andy Murray, the match might last 10 minutes and I would be lucky to get a point. She said, you don't understand. Like, the, the games yeah. are different. You don't understand how fast those guys are. You don't understand mm-hmm. how much spin they hit with. Mm-hmm. I mean, even the serve. So people say, oh, well, she hits the serve 112 miles an hour. A lot of guys only lollipop their second mm-hmm. serves in at 112, mm-hmm. too. See? But but that's not... 
there's so much more going yeah. on than the speed. It's well, this is the angle and this the is, spin on the ball. People don't play tennis, don't understand this. And this is this is also a function of watching television on or watching tennis on television yeah. as opposed to watching it in person. Yeah, like the yeah, like I remember uh, David Foster Wallace was talking about how like it's it, the difference between watching. A match in person and watching it on TV is like the difference between sex and watching porn. It's like, it's, it's like, it is just, it's so it, you, you don't have any conception of how fast things are and how quickly they're moving and how, how much the spin is. And, you know, it's it like, it, it's, it's kind of like, have you ever watched a courtside? Uh, have you ever watched an NBA game courtside? No. I, yeah. it, it totally rejiggered my conception of the whole game. Watching yes. watching a game courtside, yeah. just like they are they are monsters and they're moving down yeah. the floor. The guys are seven feet tall they're, because they're all really because they're all similar and, and they're, heights and, and they're moving and, and they're moving forget. down the floor. Yeah. You know, they're taking like six steps and they're all the way down the yeah. court. And I'm just like, <laughs> what? The? I, w- I was it was it was yeah. like it was a real it was a real like kind of change in how I saw the sport. Just and there's so in much general. And, the, and the intensity of I mean, you can you can feel and hear the breathing yeah. and they're looking and where's everybody yeah. at? I mean, it's it's just so much more and, intense. And it's a, even from the leap from Division One college basketball to that, just in terms of the speed at yeah. which the games move, yeah. is really something. I mean, the ball just the passes go right. faster, and all this is is true about tennis as well. And I just I don't blame Serena for any of this, really, frankly. I blame Nike a little bit for running those stupid ads saying that she's the best best women's player ever and they erase the women's best yeah. player ever. Yeah. No, she's not the best. And also ever. I blame I blame the people who are trying to goad McEnroe and the do. others into saying like it, the only reason this keeps coming up is because people keep asking McEnroe, like, well, I mean you're wrong about Serena, right? Like she could she could definitely like be on the she men's tour. Yeah. And and he has to and like the the you know, it is a very nineteen eighty four sort of thing. Like they are trying to force him to like say something he does not believe in order to get him to conform to the the you know. Anyway, so this is long story short, this is thanks thanks Battle of the Sexes. Thanks. And again, I would done. say my my hatred of Billie Jean King, not at all applicable to Serena, whom I don't even especially like. I really respect the hell out of Serena Williams. And I, and I genuinely love Venus. Well, Serena is like a legitimately one of, I, I, I don't see how you could not say she's the best women's player of all time. I mean, I, I do think that. I, like, I, she is better than court. I would say the 1-1-A one, one is probably Serena and then Steffi. And then court would be yeah. my ranking, but I would not go crazy with anybody who ranked them differently. The tragedy of Serena, in a weird way, is that she had a bunch of years right in the middle of her career where she basically just took off mentally. Like she was not, she was interested in fashion. Not interested. Yeah. She I mean, if she had, things. if she had had the same drive the whole time that that Graf had, then who knows? And then there's the other uncomfortable question about Serena, which nobody ever talks about, which is whether or not. She, uh, I, I don't know. Uh, yeah. So, but look, this is again. This is something everybody in the tennis world totally sees and just looks away from, and yeah. nobody, nobody wants to know the answer. Uh, it is not normal for people. If this happened in baseball during the steroid era in baseball, everybody knew that players, players don't get that good at age forty. You know, like what, what? What is this? Yeah. Like people, people don't go in their late stages of their career when everybody else for eighty years in the game has been breaking down. Suddenly, they're hitting more home runs than ever, and they are exceeding yeah. the highest home run totals ever hit by ten percent. My understanding is that Serena has been on a very good uh, uh, skinless chicken, skinless chicken, low weight, low, high reps. low weight, high rep diet. So I'm not. I don't want to. I don't want to get into that. But like I said, Serena, not my cup of tea. Venus. Fantastic. I think, you know, have we talked about this on the air before? The Venus interview at the uh, no. 
so she's the Australian Open in 2009, and she plays on the day that Obama's being inaugurated. And after the match, she's giving her post-match press conference, and reporter after reporter after reporter is trying to get her to gush about Obama. And, you know, was it hard for you to be out there today and not, you know, be home where your heart must be? And she was like, what? I don't understand the question. What do you mean? <laughs> and they're like, well, you know, the big events back in America. And she's like, what? What's happening in America? I don't, you know, I'm on Australia time. I don't feel like, you know, the first African-American president. She's like, oh, yeah, I guess. So they keep pushing and pushing her. And she eventually says, look, you know, I'm a Jehovah's Witness. We're not really into politics. And I just hope that the best person wins. And I really hope that whoever is president does a good job. Uh, Can we talk about tennis? Yeah. (laughs) Just thought... Fantastic. That's so awesome. I have never seen a professional athlete of any stripe be so just great about this. Mm-hmm. It was, yeah. it was, she's awesome. Yeah. Too bad nobody will hear us talking about this. Yeah. Frankly. So look at look at those look we, at those look at that sine wave over there. We got like and then I I no one's gonna hear this. So you'll notice who's been doing I, little less talking. You guys have just been going on forever. <laughs> I didn't know where you just I just continue here's on. A, We're done actually now. Here's We're, a We're done. Question. The show's over. A real question. I got Zena Garrison's autograph. Remember her? I do remember Zena. Zena <laughs> was, was a awesome. great actor. She was the woman who finally brought down, I think, Chris Everett when she retired or something like that. Oh, she beat Chris Everett. It was last... like on the last. Who was going to beat her yeah. on her last run? Well, and that's I think great. it was, it was her top passing of the torch. Yeah, yeah. something like that. Um, <laughs> so uh, you said that true stories don't have to be true. So. Right. Do we really agree with that? All the way, because I, I, I this is something I struggle with a little bit. I, uh, it, it, because yeah, because these yeah. things carry. I don't want to say that they have responsibility. They're just a Hollywood production that is there to make money. Yeah. They don't have real social responsibility. But on the other hand, uh, especially for lesser known events like this, they become the truth. The they become You're, this becomes the Wikipedia version of the event yeah. in the public consciousness. This was the fear when JFK came out that yes. lots of high schoolers are going to go see this movie yeah. and think, oh my gosh, LBJ killed him. Well, there's a book on that actually now. So. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, 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 I go back and forth on this. It depends. I, so there, I think there are two different um, kind of criteria here for me personally. The first is as a film critic. Like as a film critic, I am not interested in the true, true yeah. of a of a of a story. Like I'm interested in how it works as a movie. Um, I do think that there is a place in the world of criticism for the people who are like, "What X gets wrong about Y," mm-hmm. and like, it, and I, I think that is a useful corrective to have. But I also like I I don't I do not think that the uh, the the responsibility of the film is to be true to life. Can it differ to, depending on the subject, Victorino? Because so is there is there a difference between in the responsibility of the filmmaker between say Shattered Glass, yeah, which is a minor, ultimately unimportant event, versus JFK? Mm-hmm. Uh, my concern is my concern is that you know. If people could go into a movie knowing that this is a movie and not, you know, real events, then it's great. Uh, JFK is an entertaining movie, uh, right, Sonny? Right. Right, But you have to know that this is not Well, so, like, JFK JFK is a very interesting, specific example of this, right? Because 
I, so JFK is probably not the best but, example. Right, right. Because so it but, is but really Oliver Stone's because version. Because it, it is, it is I mean, it really is like a fever dream of yes. conspiracy. And like JFK is an extremely successful um, experience of what it is like to talk to somebody who believes in conspiracy theories. That it, it, they like hit you with facts and facts and facts and facts and facts yeah. and facts and facts and facts and facts and facts. And, and maybe they connect and maybe they don't, but they just overwhelm mm. you with information. Culminating. Yeah. Culminating in General Donald Sutherland's. Exactly. Uh, um, General X, right? X explaining um, how it all Mr. came X. together. So, like, I like it. It is an extremely successful kind of idea of what it is like to talk right. to a conspiracy theorist. But I don't think that. But I like the question. Here's the problem. Here is that you, 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 what you have is an audience issue, right? Like, the problem isn't the movie itself. The problem is that people are too stupid to understand that movies aren't real. Yeah. I mean, I mean so, you've met people, right? Right, right. So people are dumb, and they think that what they see in a movie is what happened in real life, and they're like, wow, this is really interesting, and this is this is real, and this is what it is. And I don't think that that is necessarily something that you can hold against the filmmaker. I, like, yeah, it, unless, unless of course, the film has the opening and says, this is a true story based on true events. Yeah, but I mean, even that's then... That's based I, like, on, is, based very on vague. is very vague. And then... And, well, mm -hmm. Again, you have to understand, you have to be a good consumer of... Of media yeah. and understand that like based on is not mm -hmm. true mm -hmm. and like it, it you know mm -hmm. I mm -hmm. I again maybe I'm just a shill for the the Hollywood entertainment industrial complex but like mm -hmm. I can't I can't get too upset when a movie is not 100% true to life because they're trying to be entertaining because that's the only responsibility of a film is to entertain I still am entertained and love the untouchables even though at the end of the movie the judge says switch juries and that just that just didn't happen. Even though the person who wrote it was David Mamet, and I and I like David Mamet, but there was just no way that that happened in real life. And even if you didn't know anything about the tax evasion case, you wouldn't, you know, you'd be thinking, "Gee, can they just do that? Switch juries, and then he folds." And and that's what happened. And Frank Nitti was not thrown off the top of a building, but it was still entertaining. Uh, Frank Nitti committed suicide in like nineteen forty three. Do you give a filmmaker points, extra points, if they are really trying to get it all right? Like Gettysburg, oh. which is a great, handsome American movie, but also drags a yeah. lot. It's kind of thankless. It's a thankless thing. A little bit yeah. thankless. So do you, Sonny, no. Marino, give them extra points for like being true and no. giving you something that you can like show the kids and nope. say, this is actually basically how it happened? No, nope. I give them some yeah. points for that. I'll, I'll yeah. tell the kids to read a book. <laughs> read a book. Goodfellas is remarkably accurate. On almost every level, except for when Joe Pesci dies. So yeah. kick. <laughs> Do we want to rank movies on this mm, genre? I don't. If have you any, want I to, I don't, I don't I have a, oh, uh, almost extremely accurate is Apollo thirteen. Apparently, yeah, yeah. I was my my top ah. my top two. Please, Apollo thirteen and The Insider. Yeah, that's right. The Insider that's is which you and I saw. I we mentioned this it. before. You and I saw at a red carpet event. Absolutely, at the Uptown Theater, Russell Crowe was there, Al Pacino was there. And of course, uh, the head, the, the, the star, the, well, the, the real guy. Jeffrey Wigand. Yeah, Jeffrey Wigand was there. And who did we sit next to? I forget, but who, who did, was it? Joe Lockhart. <laughs> I'm yelling. Oh, that's right. I'm Joe yelling. Lockhart. That yeah, it was Joe Lockhart. I'm, I'm afraid we have to move on. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, move on to the show that no one's listening to. Yes, that's right. Great. It's a great test. Uh, corrections, additions. You guys, I don't think, have any. 
No. no. I have Next. one. I think we got to kill this feature because Next. I no longer have. Sunny, hey, Unless it's egregious. I no longer remember. I would anything. say it's great for additions, and if there's anything egregious, I would say thanks. And you, and you know what else, Sonny? You know what else? What? A little bit listener call out. People like to hear their names. Carlos Lozado said he likes it when people mention, you know, it's a nice feeling when you get your name mentioned yeah. on a podcast. Hello, Carlos. Hi, Carlos. See, there you Carlos go. Carlos is awesome. He is. Like He's very good. good. You know, he edited a piece of mine once upon a time. He when? To, uh, For the Washington Post? Yeah, I did a hit piece. Back, he used to work the op-ed page. And I did a hit piece on a, a, real, a local realtor. And... He's a, really, he's a very gifted writer now. He's a really gifted editor, too. Yes. yes. Good guy. Chris Lehman is who edited me at Bookworld back in the day. Oh, yeah. Remember him? Yeah. Okay. I'm sorry. Uh, sorry. We're, we're, <laughs> Sonny's a regular post-contributor. Thanks to listener Lily V for translating what Andre the Giant says in The Princess Bride, which is, The Dwayne Pirate Wobbit is here for your soul. Like that? And it was scary. Nice. If you remember, he and I probably have the same neck size. Spirit of the week. Uh, thank you very much to Cortitsa. It's the teats. Ukrainian vodka. Ukraine is not weak. Special. You guys are strong. How how did you like it, Sunny, with your country time? No, sun-kissed lemonade. Yeah, sun-kissed lemonade. I had the spicy, there's like the a... Pepper, a, honey pepper? Yeah, the honey pepper. Which you've already uh, finished. I've already threw it away because I put it <laughs> all done. in my, my It's done. It's empty. Uh, it mixed very well with yeah, the sun-kissed, honestly. Very well. I, like, I'm a little mm -hmm. bit tipsy. Oh, uh, yeah. No, we've been doing this for several I've hours now. for two hours now. No, and absolutely. I've had, you know, uh, 100 milliliters of vodka. I don't I, know. I'm looking at your sun-kissed lemonade can. I hope there's no... No, I fucked no, the corn syrup. There's no There's fruit. no lemon whatsoever <laughs> right, in this. It is water, high fructose corn syrup, mm -hmm. oh and my less gosh. than 2% of mm -hmm. natural flavor, mm -hmm. citric acid, mm -hmm. sodium citrate, mm -hmm. cashew gum. Mm -hmm. There is nothing lemony in this. No. And the, yet it was delicious. The vodka was more nutritious. So thank you to uh, Ann Bullets over at Cortitsa, uh, Ukrainian vodka, for that. Uh, that is all the time we are giving to this episode. Questions, comments, complaints, compliments, tweet us at Victory Mattis, at Sunny Bunch. At JV Last, I guess. Yes, but don't complain about the volume because we know you can't hear us. Again, be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes or Google Play. Just type in substandard under podcasts and we're there. Excuse me. Leave a review. Tell your Too friends. Yes. And don't forget the substandard show notes might be up on Friday if there's a show at 11 a.m. Until next time. How in the world did we not mention Chuck Woolery? What about oh, <laughs> as a as a gentleman host, a gentleman host? I My don't kind. think I would. I think I know. he strapped that and was I a know. little silly. But he, the face, the lantern jaw, the oh, hair. Yeah. If you were going to go to central casting for yeah. someone who looks like a game show host, yeah, that's it. it would be Chuck yeah. Buller, Yeah, absolutely. Right? Absolutely. And the nature of the game, shall we say. You know, I mean, it's... Which games did he do? It was Love Connection, wasn't it? Well, he, he did, did Love did Connection, but he also did he also did one that was like a Scrabble game or yes, something. Yes, that's right. Oh, I'm efforting. Keep that's talking. Right. That's, uh, right. that's right. Oh, did he do uh, Hollywood Squares when it was... Uh, no, he didn't. Maybe, that was... Know. What about Shadow Stevens? <laughs> I don't know who Shadow, Shadow Stevens is. It's before your time. Oh, he hosted Wheel of Fortune first. Wow. Really? Okay. See, Jack replaced him. Wow. I'm kidding. Wow. I never knew that. Then he did Love Connection, mm -hmm. The Big Spin, Scrabble. Scrabble. Oh, there you go, Sonny. Very the good. The Dating Game. Ah, uh, yes. Lingo. 
and did a little bit of Price is Right live show stuff. Okay. This is very... The, the sleazy guys, mm -hmm. almost all of them failed actors. So the um, sleazy game show hosts are failed actors who then... Yeah, yeah. Um, second life. I was going to say, uh, just uh, as a just as an anecdote, uh, you may have this problem soon, uh, Sonny, uh, with your daughter. Um, uh, my daughter was very frustrated trying to play something on TV, and then she ends up hitting OK for the on-demand, and all of a sudden I get a notification that for the next 24 hours, Transformers, the last night, is now available. Oh, good. Congratulations. $6 Congratulations. I just said, Sabrina, you can't do that and accidentally press these buttons. Somehow, and now we have browsers for free. <laughs> for free. For free. Uh, I'm sure it's fine. 